I brought my wife up with me. Greetings. My wife, Bonnie, I think most of you know. Um, I, I want to I ask you to bear with me a little bit because I'm going to start the message today by um, lighting Hanukkah candles. Uh, it's the seventh day of Hanukkah, and uh, you'll, get the, you'll get, I think, the... Um, okay, I'll try and hold it closer, Austin. <laughs> you can turn me down. Um, you'll get the significance of the Hanukkah candles as I get deeper into my message. But Hanukkah, so I have here before you, oh, before I start, let me pray. Father, I just thank you that uh, you have given us this privilege, and uh, I just thank you for the word that uh, you have given to me. Father, hide me behind the cross. Holy Spirit, fill my mouth with truth and with love. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I asked my wife Bonnie to come up because I can't do this with one hand. <laughs> so, so, she is going to put candles in. Uh, some of you would look at this and say, oh, it's a menorah. Well, it's a kind of menorah. It really has its own special name. It's called a Hanukkah because it has eight um, armed branches and one center candle. A menorah has seven branches. This has actually nine. Okay, uh, take one out. There we go. We're on the seventh day of Hanukkah. And so we put seven candles in. We're going to light seven candles. Now you see in the center we have a um, one that's higher. And that is called the shamash, the servant candle. The eight candles are only for the glory of God. Their light cannot be used for anything else. So you can't use them to light one another candles. Only the servant candle can be used to light the other candles. And, of course, that is a perfect image of our servant, the Lord Jesus. Okay, if you start on this end... So the story of Hanukkah, I'm not going to, we taught on it on Wednesday night. I'm not going to tell you the whole thing. You can talk, come and talk to me afterwards if you want to hear more about it. But the, the, the legend of the Hanukkah candles were that before Christ came, in the few, several hundred years before Christ came, the Greeks had taken over Jerusalem and were running roughshod over the Jews and their religion and their temple They'd sacrificed a pig on the altar. They desecrated the temple. And um, a man called Judas Maccabeus uh, defeated the Greeks and retook Jerusalem. And when they went to the temple to clean it out, they cleaned it out. They even took down the altar, this altar of stone, and, and they put them out on the hill because they were unclean. They were not fit for use. And they went to light the menorah in the, in the, uh, in the temple. And there was only enough oil for one day. So they, because it's a very special oil, it's purified oil, and they wanted it to be the right oil. So they lit the menorah, and they began preparing for, to make, and begin to make more oil. Well, it took eight days to make that oil, but that one um, container of oil stayed lit in the menorah for the full eight days. And so it was a 
they declared a feast and a holiday. Hanukkah is not one of the seven traditional feasts that God has declared in Leviticus, but it is uh, a feast that is still honored today, and it honors the dedication of the temple, and it honors the light bringing of um, the cleansing of the temple and the, the legend of the menorah. Now, okay, so we have the menorah lit. We're going to leave that lit. I'm going to go up here. You know, I have technology. Sometimes it works for me. Sometimes it's a pain. We'll try it. We'll see how it happens. I have the paper version with me as well. Um, in John 10, 22, it tells us that, well, I don't know if any of you are note takers, but uh, I'm going to go through a lot of scripture tonight or today. And... Um, I'm going to probably go through it pretty quickly. So if you get this reference down, you can study it when you get home. Um, John, 20, <clears throat> John chapter 10 and 22, it says, Then came Hanukkah. It was winter in Jerusalem. And Jesus was walking in the temple around Solomon's colonnade. So Jesus was there in the temple celebrating the festival of dedication, the Feast of Lights, Hanukkah. So we see that it, um, it has biblical significance. Now, it's interesting that some months before this, at the Festival of Tabernacles, <clears throat> Jesus was also there. And he made this statement in John 8 and 12. Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. The one who follows me will no longer walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. <clears throat> So Jesus made a special point at these festivals of pointing out that he was the light of the world. And so what we're going to be talking about today is the light of the world, Jesus. Um, and, and what does it mean to be light in this world? Now, the Bible talks a lot about light when association with Jesus. If we go to um, all the way back to Luke 2, 8, the, the shepherd story, we sing about that today in the song. Now, there were shepherds in the same region, living out in the fields and guarding their flock at night. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were absolutely terrified. Can you imagine? You're out in a dark field. And suddenly this angel, who's probably pretty bright all by himself, and then the glory of God shines on the whole landscape. And, you know, the glory of God is not like a flashlight. It's not like a candle. It's more like a spotlight. It's like, these guys were lit up. <laughs> and it says they were absolutely terrified. But... The angel told them of the good news of Jesus being born. And we also sang in the song today about the wise men found in Matthew 2, chapter, or chapter 2, verse 1. 
Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. So how many of us have a Christmas tree at home with a star on top? A lot of us probably do. It may not be up yet, but that's okay. Um, so it's probably commemorating that star of, that the Magi followed to find Jesus uh, in Bethlehem. Now, we have lots of other forms of lights and candles. Some of you may practice the Advent candles with the four candles in the piney wreath and light an Advent candle for each of the Sundays, four Sundays before Christmas. That's a uh, very common tradition. Now, the one that's a little scary, before we had electric lights, um, people would put candles on their Christmas tree. Now, that was in the 1800s before REA came through and electrified most of the country. But even in the White House, one of the presidents had candles on his Christmas tree in the White House. He also had a bucket brigade handy because it was a very dangerous thing. Ultimately, the insurance companies of the country got together and says, if your house burned down because you've got light candles on your Christmas tree, we're not covering it. So that was not a good idea. But we love candles. We love light, right? It's in our nature. Have you ever been camping or in a dark place, in a dark room, and somebody lights a single candle? The light shines. It may not fill the room, but our eyes are drawn to that light. In fact, I would say that our soul is drawn to that light because it illuminates the darkness. It, 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 it lifts our spirits. It, I believe that we as human beings are drawn to light. How many of you, you know, we're up north, right? How many of you been around the campfire at night? And you sit and you stare into the campfire. And you just watch the light and the flames flicker. We love it, right? It's just, it just makes us at peace. And that's what it does to me. I, just, I love nothing better than sitting, watching the campfire lights. And so I think our soul needs that kind of light. It needs light. Now, uh, here's my public service plug. For all of us northern Europeans that might be up here, <laughs> SAD is a real thing, seasonal affective disorder. If I didn't have my vitamin D, I would want to curl up in a cave somewhere and hibernate when the light goes down. It's not the cold. It's not the winter. It's not the snow. It's the lack of light up here. So be, take care of yourself. <laughs> we need light. Well, the entire Bible proclaims Jesus as the light. And I want to I lead us through a lot of scripture that talks about what does that mean to us and what did it mean to the, day, the, the people in the time of Jesus? Well, his life was the light of men, John 1.4. In him was life, 
and the life was the light of men. Well, okay. Let's, let's. So, kind of what I was saying. We need light. It's our very life sometimes. It's, our, it's, it's important to our being. Well, Jesus is light, but he passes that light on to everyone. Continue on in John 1. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overpowered it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light, so that through him everyone might believe. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness concerning the light. The true light, Jesus, coming into the world, gives light to every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, but the world did not know him. So, John came to bear witness of the light. Jesus is the true light, and he wants to pass that light on to all of us. And we'll talk more about what that means. Okay? So for all of us and all of the people in Jesus' day, it, took, it requires his light to walk in this world, and he desires that we would believe in that light. In John 12, verse 35, Then Jesus said to them, he's speaking to his disciples, The light is with you for a little longer. Walk while you have the light, so that the darkness will not overtake you. The one who walks in darkness doesn't know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become sons of light. Now there's a promise that Jesus makes to us. If we will walk in the light and believe in the light, he is going to make us into sons of the light. So we will be as he is. Back in the Old Testament it says he lights up our path in Psalm 119. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It helps us know where to walk. It lights our way. It guides us along the road. It takes us places that we might not have wanted to go, but where the light leads, we can follow because we know that he is leading us and guiding us. Now, we must come to the light by speaking truth. I'm in John 3.19. Now this is the judgment. That the light has come into the world. And men love the darkness instead of the light. Because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light. And does not come to the light. So that their deeds will not be exposed. But whoever pr- practices the truth comes to the light so that it may be made known that his deeds have been accomplished in God. Okay? So an element of the light that Jesus brings to us is truth. Not only must we speak truth, and as we've been studying the gifts of the Spirit, we must speak truth in love, but we must walk, we must practice truth. So, how do we practice truth? Well, our lifestyle, our daily living, we must live truth and and sometimes we only will find that out by looking inside first right we have to take the truth of the word and apply it to our own lives first so that we can walk it out in our daily living 
Um, that light brings to us the knowledge of the glory of God. I'm in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Messiah. So the light that God has given to us lights up the knowledge of the glory of God. We saw the glory of God shining on the shepherds. They knew, they had knowledge of the glory of God, right? That light was shining all around them. And it says that we can look into the face of our Messiah, Jesus our Lord, and gain that same knowledge about light, about the glory of God, light that comes from the glory of God, um, fills up our hearts and souls. If we are going to walk in fellowship with one another, we must walk in the light. 1 John 1.5 says, Now this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you, that God is light, and in, in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and keep walking in the darkness, we are lying and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of his son Jesus purifies from all sin. So we talk about fellowship of the body, right? Walking hand in hand, walking in unity. It means we must walk together in the light. And um, I go back to the light brings us to truth, right? Truth says examine ourselves first before we start examining those around us, before we start making judgments on those around us. Well, look inside first, and then the fellowship of the light of Christ can also apply grace when needed because um, we all need grace from time to time, right? And um, that light shines on that grace as well. Now, here's... Um, here's an exciting part, and um, I'm, I'm just going to read it. Ephesians um, chapter 5, verse 8. For once you were darkness, that's all of us, once we were darkness, but now in union with the Lord, you are light. Walk as children of light. So he's telling us, that we can be light, and that we need to walk as children of that light. For the fruit of light is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. So there's some boundaries and some definitions. Goodness and righteousness and truth, and a desire to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is grace, disgraceful even to mention the things that are done by them in secret. Yet everything exposed by the light is being made visible. For everything made visible is light. This is why it says, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Messiah will shine on you. So pay close attention to how you walk. Not as unwise people, but as wise. So I'm 
reminded, I'm not even going to try and take some of the scriptures out of the book of Proverbs. But um, if you need to know about wisdom, go to Proverbs and learn all about wisdom. And um, that wisdom is what we need to walk in the light. Um, So, I go back to verse 9. For the fruit of light is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. There's a, a mission statement for all of us. Those are the things that we can take to heart and <clears throat> take to our walk with God. Now, here's where it switches. We switch bases a little bit and where it gets really good. He has made us... I'm not, no, I'm not even going to read my preface. I'm just going to read the Scripture. Matthew 5 and 14. This is Jesus talking to His disciples. You are the light of the world. Okay? At the Feast of Tabernacles, Jesus had proclaimed, I am the light of the world. But now he's telling his disciples and he's telling the people that are following him, you are the light of the world. Um, A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Instead, they put it on a lampstand so it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That says a lot in a few short words. We have been transformed into the light of the world by the Spirit of God, by Jesus himself. He has given that to us. And... um, He's given it to us so that that light will shine through us into the world and that the world will know that the good works that we do, I'm taking straight from Scripture here, the good works that we do, okay, so that presupposes that we're out and about doing good works. I think that's a calling for all of us. It's part of walking in the light. That those good works that we do are not shining the light on us but they are returning that light to glorify the God who is in heaven. That is the way that we need to live and that we need to walk. Now, just as a final thought, someday the day will come when we no longer need candles or electric lights because God's glory itself, just as the shepherds saw it and experienced it, God's glory will be our light. And that's from Revelations 22. Night shall be no more, and people will have no need for lamplight or sunlight. For the Lord our God will shine on them, and they shall reign forever nor ever. So there is a day coming when even the light that we have will be completely overshadowed by the glory of God in His temple. And uh, we can all that believe and walk in the light can look forward to that day. Okay, so I know that was a lot of scripture. I hope you caught some of that. But what does it mean then to be children of the light? Okay, we saw that being a child of God means that we have the very life of God within us. Um, And we can see what that looks like by looking at the life that Jesus lived. The life that Jesus lived and the life that he brought and the life that he gives 
through the helper, the Holy Spirit, is the light that we can walk in as the children of God. That life, that light is meant to be passed on to those around us. It's not just for us alone. It is for us because it also illuminates our path. It shows us a way to go. It, it, it may not be the searchlight that shines way out on the road. It may not be like headlights that shine way out on the road ahead of us. Sometimes it's more like a single candle that illuminates a little bit around us. But with that amount of light, we can walk forward confidently knowing that God is with us and that we have a sure path that he can help us follow down. Um, but as we're walking that path, as we come across those still in darkness, we need to share, whether it's the beam of headlights, the glory of God, or a single candle in our life, we need to share that with the ones that we come across. Because there, are, there is a whole world that is still living in darkness. They do not have the light. And we need to pass it on. Okay, while we're walking, we must speak truth. And as we've learned, we must speak truth in love. The first one, the first person that we need to speak truth to is ourselves. Am I walking in the light? Am I living the life that Jesus has called me to live? Am I doing the good works that he has called me to do? I know it's not about works. It's not about, that's not how we get to heaven. But if we are a follower of the light, if we are a follower of Christ, he has called us to do good works. And those good works are there that God might be glorified in the midst of this walk. Okay? That light that we have within us that Jesus has given to us enables us to walk in fellowship with one another. You know, can you imagine being downstairs with, in a room without windows and all the lights are off and there's 25 people in there and we're supposed to do things? You know, we'd be bumping into each other all the time. And, it, you know, we could even be hurting one another. So that's, that's not a very... Not a very good situation. But God has given us light. And again, whether it's a small candle or the whole glory of God shining around us, God has given us light. And if all of us are in that small room with our own small candles, we can have fellowship one with another. We can relate to one another. We can identify who each other is. We can be in unity with one another and not hurt each other by walking into people. Because we have light within us, uh, we, we can stay away from, <clears throat> stay away from, from bumping into each other. I know sometimes the scripture says that we're to rub <laughs> as, as iron on iron, and that's a good thing. But without light, we just bang into walls, and that's not a good thing. We need that light to to be able to fellowship with one another and to lead us and guide us in our directions. So he calls us to be children of the light. Um, he didn't bring that light and that life into this world to take it back up to glory with him. He appointed it onto us and to be children of the light. And then he calls us to continue to be the light of the world. 
that our good works will cause everyone to glorify God. So whether it's a set of Hanukkah candles, whether it's the lights on the tree, so many lights in this Christmas season. And I hope as you go through this Christmas season that you will enjoy the lights. Enjoy the lights. Think of the, think of the lights on the tree. Think of the star on the top of the tree. Think of the light in so many places. Um, some, some of us put candles in the windows so that others can see the light through from our house. Sometimes our cities put stars and decorations on the streetlights to light, to light up the city. There's lights everywhere this time of the year, this season, this Christmas season, and, and enjoy them. They're wonderful things. But let them remind you, let them remind you that you may be the only light that some people may see this season. That light that is within you is powerful. It is, it, it pushes aside the darkness. So remember that. And let the light in you shine with the love that brought the Christ child to this earth. And may it cause all who see it in you, give them reason to glorify God. So go out from this place, celebrate this Christmas season and the lights everywhere, but be a light to this world because the world needs your light. Amen.